Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can have your seat this morning. Praise the Lord. So it's part two of the benefits of redemption. Let us pray before we read God's word this morning. Father, I thank you because angels are here to give each and every one their packages. And Lord God, your children have responded chorusly that they are ready and they want to receive. I know that some are receiving already. As your word comes forth, let the distribution continue in the name of Jesus. I pray today there shall be testimonies upon testimonies of what your word has done and can do in the name of Jesus. Move today, O God, and let thy name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would like us to stand up to read this scripture together. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. The topic again is the benefits of redemption, part 2. Hebrews chapter 9, let's read verse 11. Let's read it together. For Christ being come as an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of his disbuilding. Verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calf, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the arches of an high fat, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, continue, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Give me 15 as well. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death, for the redemption of transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Give me 16. That should be the last we're going to read. For where a testament is, there must of necessity be the death of what? Of the testator. Praise God. You can have your seat. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, by way, I'm going to, by the grace of God, I'm going to try and dwell on three benefits this morning. They are very deep. I pray God gives me grace to really decipher them. You know, but by way of intro, all the things that I've been saying, it is important to know that man was guilty. Okay? We've seen that through what Adam did. Man was actually guilty. Man rebelled. The word sin, S-I-N, also means the word rebellion. So man rebelled, and I explained the meaning of rebellion last week. Rebellion is you are flaunting an instruction, not just flaunting an instruction. You are either obeying your own will or obeying the will of someone else. 
It's, it's one thing for you to flout an instruction and stay where you are, okay? But for you to not have your own will or having the will of someone else to negate the initial instruction, I mean, you, you're saying to your turn, to whatever, I mean, I, I want to do my thing. So what, happens was that, what happened was that man rebelled. Man did not follow the ways of God. He decided to follow the ways of the devil. And so man became rebellious. So when man became rebellious, you know, he couldn't have any relationship with God anymore. As a result of what, what man has done, a lot of things began to happen. So things like we talk about the consequences of sin. Okay, the consequences of that rebellion was what led to things like eternal damnation, eternal damnation, spiritual death. Okay, things like oppression, suppression, and possession of demonic, you know, forces. So man did not have control over the elements, whether spiritually or physically. So demonic manipulations were holding sway over man. Things like diseases and sicknesses. Man was under the siege of sickness and diseases. So, you know, all of these things were the things that were plaguing man. Things like fear as well. In short, rebellion also brought about physical death, okay, as we see in Genesis. So the life of man was shortened. Rebellion was what led to the cause of man. Today I'm going to try as much as possible to debunk some beliefs. Yes, I'm going to try as much as possible to debunk from, but I'm going to show you from the scriptures. You know, when man fell, after he, you know, based on what I'm talking about now, rebellion, and so a lot of things began to happen, one of such things was the fact that God cursed man. You are aware of that. Genesis chapter 3, God cursed man and told him that he was going to toil, he was going to suffer. He was going to, before he would eat bread, he was going to sweat for it. So man, God cursed man by saying, before you will achieve anything on this earth, you are going to do it based on efforts. Hallelujah. The same thing he told the woman, he said, your desire shall be to the man, you know, in childbearing, you are going to have problem. You're going to have painful, you know, childbearing process. It was a cause. It was a cause. Here is this man who has taken the nature of the devil, and he's still, he's still trying to figure out himself, because remember, he went to look for leaves to cover up what, ha what has happened. He was just trying to figure out, figure out how he was going to get out of his problem. Then the owner of the garden came and said, I am putting more costs. So it was man was in serious issues, problems. So God cursed man even after he took the nature of the devil. So it, it, it was a big problem for man. So man was struggling. Man was struggling. But like I said... When Jesus Christ showed up, the purpose why Jesus came was to, to deliver man from that problem, from sin and its consequences. What are the consequences? The spiritual death, the nature of the devil, the um, sicknesses, poverty, and all the issues that came as a result of man sinning in the garden. So those are the consequences of, of, of sin. The same thing, man lost rulership. 
man lost dominion. You know, recall, the purpose why man was created was to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the water, I mean, the, the, the birds that fly, the beasts that creeps on the ground. So man had full control, as it were. So when man fell from grace, he, beca- he became a candidate, you know, of, of when he's supposed to be the one running the show, he was no longer in full control. Leadership became a problem. So man could no longer take, and one of the key issues when we talk about leadership is responsibility. Man didn't take responsibility of his actions anymore. So he began to blame things, blame issues on why he's not delivering on his mandate. But Jesus Christ showed up the scene, and what he did was to pay the ultimate price. Now listen to me. Man hitherto was guilty, and a price needed to be paid. And Jesus Christ paid that price. And like I mentioned before, a fourth time, and I said, the price that was paid is the blood. So the blood of Jesus Christ is the instrument that was used to pay for the consequences of man's action or the consequences of the sin that man committed. So the, it was paid. It was paid. So that will now lead me to the first point. The first point is, continuing from last week, the benefit of redemption is the fact that our debt is paid in full. Our debt is paid in full. Now recall where we just read in Hebrews chapter, uh, uh, chapter 9, you know, from 11 down to 16. Before now, what was used to pacify God was the blood of lambs and bulls and what have you. I, you know, in my, in my message on the blood, I encourage you to read the book of Leviticus. If you've not read the book of Leviticus, please do read it. Ignorance is a major, major problem. What you do not read or you do not study, you will never know. That's the truth. So I have preached the message. I've just given you an idea of what, you know, the scriptures and what have you. So it's your responsibility to go and search the scriptures more for you to have your own revelation. Own it. Ownership is very key. Own it and therefore run with it. Run with it is very, very important. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, so before now, they wanted to appease God, so they would take bulls, the blood of bulls, take the blood of goats and, 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 and lambs and to, to appease God. In those days, there is a day they call the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement is when the high priest will go into the temple to perform sacrifice on behalf of the people. And so he will perform the sacrifice. When he has finished performing the sacrifice, and so when he's going, they have to tie stuff on his um, waist. You know? So when he's doing all the stuff that he's doing, because he will have to clean himself first. When the, maybe what he has done on himself was not enough, maybe there is still small sin in his life. God will finish him there. So because the people cannot enter, you cannot enter that place. You dare not. First of all, you have to be from the lineage of the Levites, number one. Number two, it's not even enough. You have to be, you see, there are hierarchies. I mean, there are structure. Once a year, the high priest is the one that should go in there. So because they cannot enter, they will now have to, if God has slain the guy, 
They will draw him out and start the process all over again. Such a tedious process. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So when he finishes, he will come out and tell the people, Tetelestia. What does Tetelestia mean? It means it is finished. He has done the job. I have finished it. I have finished. So, another one year they will come back. The high priest will do what he needs to do and come back and tell the people, I have finished it. Now, listen. Let's go to John 19. John 19, 30. Verse 30. Okay, great. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. So, obviously, the Jews could re relate with this statement. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It is finished, like I mentioned, it's translated tetelestia. Tetelestia means, I have finished the job. I have paid in full. So, what the high priest used to do for the people once a year, every year. It was a partial thing. It was not a full thing. So when Jesus showed up on the cross, Jesus wouldn't have been assassinated if there were guns. No, he wouldn't have been stoned. He needed to die on the cross. That was the purpose. Are you getting it now? They needed to pierce him, let blood flow. Because the Bible says when there is no shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. It is when blood is shed. The word remission means payment. It is when blood is shed, that is when payment is made for sin. So Jesus Christ shed his blood. When he shed his blood, he said, it is finished. Now let me give you a teaser. The word man... The number, you see, numbers are not just numbers. Numbers have a meaning. For example, I don't want to go into deep, but let me explain this. The word six is the number of man. You know that on the sixth day, God created man. You are aware of that. On the seventh day, God rested. God created every other thing, but created man last on the sixth day. So six is the number of man. Now listen to this. Jesus Christ was crucified, Mark chapter 15. Read it down, I think verse um, 25 there, but read it down. Jesus Christ was crucified by 9 a.m. in the morning. In the Greek timing, that is the third hour. You know, on Thursday night, he was arrested and hurriedly tried by the Sanhedrin, of which the Sahendri did not form a quorum. They were supposed to form a quorum. But you cannot say he was tried by the Sahendri because he was tried in the house of Kephas. In the house of Kephas, the high priest, and Kephas' father-in-law. That was not where ideally they would have tried him. Now, the trial was hurriedly done because they needed to deal with Jesus quickly. Because they were entering the Passover. During Passover, you are not supposed to shed blood. So they needed to deal with Jesus on time so that when they enter and they are doing their Passover, they will not be talking about killing anybody. 
In short, majority of the Sahendrin had gone on holiday because Passover time is time for you to be in a solemn, you know, solemn mood. But here is the deal. Jesus Christ was arrested on Thursday, brought to Pontius Pilate, pack, 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 let's do this thing, and the judgment was passed. They took him all through Thursday night, dealing with him, putting tons of fire on his, tons of um, um, crown, a crown of thorn on his head, and pushed him. Finally, he got to Golgotha. Another word for Golgotha is Calvary. He got to Calvary. That is where crucifixion had done. He got to Calvary. They put him there, and he was crucified by... 9 a.m. in the morning, on Friday, then by 12, mid, 12, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, the Bible records that there was darkness all over the earth. From 12 to 3 o'clock, three, three hours, darkness, disarray all over the earth. Then Jesus Christ, by 3 in the afternoon, the Bible said, he shouted, it is finished. After all the what has happened, he shouted, it is finished. Meaning, tetelestia. What does, it, what does that tell you? Listen, Jesus died on Friday, and he spent only six hours on the cross. Listen to me, child of God, it's a complete deal. Jesus Christ has finished the job. The job for sin has been sorted once and for all. Listen. Tetelestia means paid in food. The debt that Adam brought us into, Jesus Christ has paid it and he has paid it in full. Man is no longer guilty. You don't have any case to answer. So anything that is tantamount to sickness to disease, to eternal damnation, to, to spiritual attack. You are immune to it. And listen, in those days, when you pay your debt, they give you a receipt. You are not owing. And I did tell you that how do you plead, how do you use the blood? The certificate for our redemption is the blood. The devil comes and says, you are still owing. Therefore, this sickness belongs to you. This poverty belongs to you. This suffering belongs to you. And giving you names. Generational causes belong to you. And they are, he's trying to, he say, you know, in law court, they say, I impute it to you. Imputing it to you. This high BP belongs to you. Your, died, your father died of high BP. It's now your turn. You will die of it. It belongs to you. Take it. How do you respond? Tetelestia. Jesus paid in full. The blood. Hallelujah. This is deep. The blood. He doesn't want you to understand this truth. Because if you understand the truth, the same way he left Jesus after tempting him three times, he ran away. He left him because he said, this one, no, 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 no way in. Listen to me. Jesus Christ paid in full. You are no longer in debt. You don't owe 
anybody anything, including God. God, listen to this. This is deep. God will not punish mankind because of sin. I repeat. God will and does not punish mankind because of sin. It is the rejection of Jesus that is tantamount to punishment. Not sin. Because, you see, the other day, last year, when coronavirus broke out, I saw people talking that God is punishing man because of sin. I think I released the message. I, you know, in church, then in Shefferfield, I preached the message. And I said, listen, the penalty for sin has been paid for. God cannot punish mankind on earth with coronavirus. No. Sin has been paid for. In full. It has been paid for in full. That is the confidence. Therefore, you ask me, does it mean I should begin to live in sin? No, Paul asked this question. He said, should we continue in sin because of grace? He said, God forbid. Give me Romans chapter 6. Let me deal with that briefly, just briefly. Give me Romans chapter 6. Who is Okay, fine. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Go to verse 2. This verse 2 is what people don't see. He said, God forbid. Do you know the meaning of God forbid? Yeah. What's the meaning of God forbid? <laughs> God forbid is like an abomination. It's, it's something that you cannot want to say or hear. You can't say it. When you say God forbid, though, as in it is, don't say it. Sacrilege. How shall we, listen to this, this is deep stuff. He said, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer daring? Because when you are born again, what happens is that, I'm going to reveal that for you in, in my number two point. What happens is that the nature of sin is removed from you and the nature of Jesus is given to you and the nature of Jesus is synonymous with righteousness, holiness, love, kindness, joy, goodness. Are you getting it now? That is the nature of Jesus. So when you have the nature of righteousness, it gives you the appetite for you to do righteousness, not to do sin. Before now, you had the nature of sin that gives you the appetite I wanted to use the word, but I said I don't want to use that. I said, make I slow down. Who can guess that word? No. Propensity. A propensity I want to use. My spirit tells me to calm down for this word. You don't want to use that. Hallelujah. So, it's the nature of sin. That is why you see a believer. You know, um, uh, sorry, a, a, a small child. Nobody needs to teach that small child how to say, why is it that children, the first thing they say is no. They, why can't they say yes first? <laughs> or they say, you're the Chris, you are mad. They curse first, than they bless. Do you understand that? 
The psalmist said, in sin did my mother conceive me. That's why the Bible says there is none righteous. No, not one. Your self-righteousness cannot save you. What can save you is Jesus. So you are righteous because of Jesus, not because of you. So the, the nature of, the, of sin has been removed from you, and you have the character and the nature of Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Therefore, that is why in the program of the new creation, ah, I don't know if I should say this, because if I say it, I will need to explain it, but I will explain it another time. In the nature, I mean the program of the new creation, there is no provision for confession of sins. I know some of you will take me to one scripture, but I don't want to go there. But let me pause here. I promise you I will deal with that scripture. Hallelujah. Therefore, if you are pregnant and you are about to give birth, my friend, God has not cursed you. Jesus Christ has delivered you. You will give birth seamlessly. Don't think in your head it's going to be painful. No. The curse has been broken. Jesus Christ has paid the price. Tetelestia. Jesus paid the price. And the curse that has to do with mankind is sorted. Man is not under any curse anymore. If you believe, all you need to do is to believe. Listen to me. You don't need to sweat and struggle before you can have millions in your account. I see people, do you talk, hard work is good. But there are some people who are working harder than you. Are you aware of that? I'm telling, I know, do you know, do you understand what I'm saying? In terms of pushing trucks and doing hard stuff, carrying hard things. But you see, the Bible says there is a new program that we new creation operate on. We operate on the program of, I'm the God that gives you the power to make wealth. The ideas to make wealth. Have you heard of the word favor before? F-O-V-O-U-R. Or F-O-V-O-R. F what? F-A, that's what I said now. Sorry, sorry. F-A, sorry. F-A, yes. F-A-V-O-U-R. Or F-A-V-O-R. Depending, you know, sometimes they want to confuse us. They say this one is American English. And this one is British. Just like labor, and they put O, only O, the other one they put, remove, remove the U, different stuff. Now, that is favor. When we talk about the message of grace, in the message of grace, it is not about your efforts. It's about what Jesus has done. So you are not supposed to struggle. If they tell you, before my father bought a car, he waited for 35 years just to buy one car, my friend. You are not under that dispensation, no. You are in the dispensation of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Somebody can ring you up and say, I have a car for you, Jesus is Lord. It's a dispensation of grace and favor. Don't always think I must sweat before I get it. That is the mentality of the Adamic nature. What are some of the beliefs I want to debunk this morning? Because you are pregnant, you want to give birth, you think that it must be painful because man was cursed. 
No. Jesus Christ has sorted you out. You are different. That's the mentality you should have. Because you see, mentalities are very, very strong. If you don't deal with them, you see, a man, the Bible says, as a man thinking in his heart, so, is, so you are who, you are what and who you, how you think. If you don't deal with it, you know, it will deal with you. Now let's look at the second point. Hallelujah. Let's look at, give me Galatians chapter 4 verse 6. Tetelestia paid in full. Say it all the time. If you get your evil report, paid in full. I am not of this world. I've been, yeah, good. And because he are sons, number two point, the benefit of redemption is that we are now sons of God. We are now what? Sons of God. Now, because you are sons, God has sent for the spirit of his son. You now have the spirit of Jesus. That is why the Bible says Jesus is the first. The firstborn. The first begotten of the father. Jesus is your elder brother. Hallelujah. He's your king and at the same time your elder brother. Hallelujah. You belong to the same family. Look, I said, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart. Therefore, you can do what? Cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father means, oh, my father, you are my father. You didn't have this privilege before. Who born you? God was not your father. In short, he was waiting for you to die so that you can go to hell. But now, levels have changed. You are now a son. Now listen to me. Sonship does not mean on that day when you appear, Jesus will say, come. That good, that faithful servant, that is fantastic. That is my heart desire. I want, to, I want to reign with Christ when I leave this physical body. When my time here is ended, I want to go to him and say, Richard, you've done well. Come, give, come and give me a warm embrace. I love that. But that is good. But you see, sonship has to do with a lot of things. I'll tell you one. Sonship has to do with authority. The authority that Adam lost has been given to you. The Bible says the hair, as long as he's a child, does not differ from what? The servant. But when he becomes mature, he understands that, yes, I am the hair apparent to this kingdom, he will begin to make orders. I would like to eat chicken and chips with a very big um, turkey by the side. 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. Yes, my lord. Okay, um, is my bed dressed? Your bed is dressed. Okay, I don't like that bed sheet. Please remove it. I need a new bed sheet. Yes, my lord. Authority. Authority. Listen. You are a son. Stop living like a pauper. Because you have the mentality of what? Of a pauper. Why did God say everyone that left Egypt cannot enter the promised land? Because they were carrying the mentality of slavery. Any small problem, they will say, Moses, now one for you. Why you not leave us for Egypt? Maybe they eat our cucumber and be serving our masters. Only two men escaped and that is Caleb and Joshua. 
because they did not have a slavery mentality. A lot of you are born again, quite all right, but you have the mentality of slavery. It's the mentality of slavery that you have. That is why the Bible says, you be not conformed to this world, be transformed. By what? How do you renew your mind? The word of God. As you are hearing the word of God, now you're from people, their spirit don't they boil. Because the devil has deceived you for a long time. Your spirit, the boy, power is coming into you. Knowledge is coming into you. You, are, you. you want to take your word and take it on a storm. Hallelujah. So he has given us the spirit of Jesus. Because you have the spirit of Jesus, that is the new OS, operating system, that is in the inside of you, that is synonymous with love. So when you tell somebody love is a commandment, it is not a new thing. Because in our kingdom, we have been programmed to love. Somebody with me this morning. We've been programmed. You see, God will never demand from you what he has not given you. So when God was telling Adam and Eve, have dominion, do this, do this, do this, he was telling them indirectly, I have given you the power to express your dominion. So if, God, if Jesus said love, he's saying, you have my spirit now, therefore you can love. When I began to understand these truths, to be honest, eh, I cannot hate. Some people will tell you here who know me very well, I love peace past any other thing. Even if now you offend me, I will rather make peace with you. The only person I cannot make peace with, that I am very wicked with, is the devil. The Bible says he's my arch enemy. He's my arch enemy. Not just me, but mankind, not even believers. You think the devil loves unbelievers past you or hates uh, unbelievers past you? The devil hates mankind. That's the truth. But you see, he doesn't have power over you because of the Jesus that lives in the inside of you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because if devil get chance, look at what he told devil, uh, Jesus. I mean, told God. He said, well, God said, have you considered? That's another place. Huh? That means, is this a God and devil they relate? But they relate, eh? Okay. He said, have you considered my servant? Oh God, you know, oh God. So when you they cast that devil, where do you really they go? When you cast them out? After Christ, so they don't relate anymore. Okay, though Jesus don't throw him. Okay, okay, fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, have you considered my servant, Job? He said, yeah, you know, because you have blessed him with all of these things. He said, if you take those things from him, give him sickness, put all those, he said, he will deny you. What I'm trying to say is this. Don't think the devil is after your car. The devil is after your money. The devil is after for you not to go to school. All those are not issues. What he's after is that you will not enjoy the benefits of redemption. And once you don't enjoy the benefits of redemption, he wants to so twist your mind so that at the end of the day, you might not even enjoy the presence of God. I see people leave church, people backslid because of issues of life. Devil has messed up their mind. The thing that is out there in the world that they're going to get peace. You can't get peace out there in the world. 
You can only get peace in the word of God. That's the truth. Please, you must understand that. So what I'm teaching you, telling you is that you have, you have power, you have authority over the things that are attacking you now. The best way to deal with your issues is not to run away from them. It's to confront them by letting them know that you have power to deal with them. The Bible says that he gave them power over unclean spirits. Listen to me, the mentality that you have that they are always throwing things at you from the village and from somewhere. That is why you have not graduated. That is why you don't have your masters. That is why you don't have a car. That is why you don't have children. It's not true. The Bible says a thousand will fall at the side and ten thousand. But none shall come nigh you. If God should open your eyes, do you know the angels that are protecting you? You only, only you, just you. Why don't you think in the position of where you have strength instead of carrying yourself to where you don't have strength? The devil has strength in the realm of carnality. That is why anywhere you see people, they fight, quarreling, um, backbiting, gossiping, and all of those things, cliques. That is where the devil has power. So what you will try to do is to drag you to this level. So... Once he drags you to that level, he has finished the war. He has won. He will just finish you up. He doesn't have power in the realm of love, joy, kindness, you know, long-suffering, patience, and all of these things. When you speak in tongues, the devil is not there. So why do you always focus on the things that he is doing to you? And you think that he's having an upper hand. He's making you to run away. Why don't you face whatever the issue is? And let the thing know that you know your authority. Jesus Christ is Lord. Sons don't run. They only define their identity. Sons don't run. They do what? They define who they are. And the problem will say, I didn't know, sir. I'm sorry. Let me share this with you before I go to my third point. Then I will close. When I was younger, I used to watch... This cartoon. I used to watch cartoon a lot. Not the the reanimated cartoon, the what Disney type of cartoon. For example, there is one Aladdin. How many of you watch Aladdin? Aladdin. I I enjoy that cartoon. Lion King. I like that type. Uh, What's that one's name? Um, no, I didn't really like uh, watch Cinderella, but but I, I Lion King and. Um, Aladdin, I, I, I love Aladdin. So, for example, let me tell you what happened in Aladdin. You know, the Aladdin guy, you know, stumbled on the lamp. And it, he rubbed it. All of a sudden, the genie came out and said, make any wish. Anything you want, I will give to you. He said, really, any wish? In short, the first wish we make, see mentality, because hunger won't finish up. Now food. He said, one chop. How did the man say, the Aladdin say anything you want? Okay, make wish. Now I can't put sausage, can't give and make it chop. But that's not the point. That's my point. When, when the princess ran away from the palace, because they wanted to arrange marriage for her, but however, she ran away and went into the marketplace. As she was in the marketplace, she came across the uh, Aladdin guy, right? And so she took something 
They wanted to kill her because she disguised herself. They wanted to kill her and she was running away. And so the Aladdin guy helped her, blah, blah, blah. But to cut the long story short, when they finally caught them and they wanted to arrest the boy, when they muttered on the top, the princess removed her whatever she was using to cover because she was wearing a crown. She said, release him. I'm the princess. Immediately she said, I'm the princess. What happened? All those had holding weapons. They dropped and said, princess, they stepped back. You are the princess. What are you doing here? That's what I'm telling you. You are a son. Stop running away from your problems. Define your problems. Define yourself to your problems. Anyhow, you want to define them, define them. If you want to define it by saying tetelestia, that's fine. It is finished. If you want to define it by saying I am a son, a legitimate right to the kingdom, I have legitimate right to the kingdom of God, that is fine. How did the prodigal son have access to the father's wealth? Is it not because he's a son? When the father went to ask him, I mean, when the boy went to ask the father, give me half what belongs to me, let me go. Give me, share this thing, let me go, I can't wait. Did the father say no? What gave him the propensity eh? <laughs> to go and meet the father? It was because he's a son. So when the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, come, you don't want to come. Depression is killing you. Frustration is killing you. Poverty is killing you. Failure is killing you. Wait, wait. Uh-uh. Jesus died for all of these things. Why are you not taking advantage of the authority that you have? Instead, you are living faith because of all of these issues of life. My dear, define this, define who you are to these issues. Listen, Jesus Christ has done his job. It is you to do your job. Lastly, all of these things that I'm talking about, the Bible says in the book of Psalm 42, I think verse 7, it said the deep collects unto the deep. God is calling you to deeper places. He wants to have a relationship with you. The Bible says a man's wealth does not consist on the abundance of the things that he has. But read that place down. Jesus Christ was talking about a relationship with the Father. Minus the authority that you exude as a son. In terms of acquiring wealth and all of these things. Listen. What the Father desires most is your presence. Hallelujah. The Father is calling you forth. Beyond the cars, beyond the money in your pocket, beyond the balance in your bank account, God is saying, I want to have a relationship with you. Come in, come in, come in. Let's have a dialogue. God is yearning for your presence. He's more interested in your presence more than the goodies that you are asking for. The deep collect unto the deep. God is calling you today to deeper places. Let me read one scripture, then we'll, we are home and dry. Give me Colossians chapter 2. God wants to have a relationship with you. What did the father, what did he tell this, the other son when the young man was complaining? 
You have not even given me, given me one. Say, let me have party with my friends. What did the father tell him? Look at it. He said, are you not here with me? You are here with me now. What I have belongs to you now. He did not know. God is more interested in the person who is there with him than the one who has taken and run away. God is more interested in your presence. God wants you. He wants, he's craving for your relationship. Let's go to deeper places. Let's love God better. I remember Kenneth Hagin. Give me Colossians chapter 2. Thank you. Kenneth Hagin one time said he wanted to fast and pray. Not because he wanted promotion. Not because he wanted to eat good food. Not because he wanted money. He said, Lord, I just want to be in your presence. That's all. He said, I just want to be in your presence. And for hours he was worshipping. God is calling you to deeper places, my dear. All your life, all you know is God give me rice. God give me beans. God give me this. God give me that. The Bible says, when my soul is overwhelmed, Lord, lift me to the rock that is higher than I. That is higher than I. I want to be in your presence. I want to worship. I want to forget about the issues of this, of this world. Whoever is talking about me, I don't care. Whoever is gossiping about me, I don't care. Whoever is saying stuff about me, I don't care. I just want to worship you. I want to be in your presence. Because you see, this is, oh my God, this was only what the high priest could do. The high priest can go into the Holy of Holies, but there was no relationship. There was no relationship. God was not relating with him. You know something, brethren? It was more of instruction. God wants to relate with you. He wants to speak to your heart. I want, when you come out from that dull room, whatever it is, and you say, oh, God said to me, God spoke to my heart. The Bible says, the spirit beareth witness. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 15. The, the spirit beareth witness that we are the sons of God. Give me Romans chapter 8, verse 14 first. Hallelujah, this is deep stuff. The deep collect unto the deep. Deeper places. He said, for as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. What does it mean? Go to verse 15 for me. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Listen to me. Spirit, fear is a spirit. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. What is a spirit? A spirit is a nature. It says, you don't have the nature of fear anymore. Don't be afraid. You think the fear is phobia alone? No. Don't be afraid to come into the presence of God. Don't be afraid, my dear. He said, don't be afraid anymore. The veil has been torn into two. What only the high priest could see. You can have access now. Come. Come. I love you. Come. I'm not thinking of all the evil you have done. You see, one big lie the devil has given you is to think that what you did in the past, 
God is using it against you. The Bible says God does not remember your sin. You know why he does not remember your sin? Because of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Stand up on your feet. I don't know how many of you want to go to deeper places today. Oh, you want to say, Lord God, I am connected to you. Hallelujah. As a son, you are perpetually in the presence of God. Let me tell you something. Some of you will say, let's be in God's presence. Listen, if you have the consciousness and the mentality of sonship, you will know that forever you are in God's presence. Hallelujah. A son that is in God's presence does not need to say, I want to go into God's presence. Hallelujah. He doesn't need it. I am there. You are the right hand of Jesus already. You are running shows with him. He's speaking to your heart. You have the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. In the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost was coming in and going out. But right now, you have the Holy Ghost living in the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is inside. The Holy Spirit is not given to you. Not to chase wife and money and cars only. Those are the attributes or the consequences of the Holy Spirit having to live in the inside of you. Just like the consequences of sin, rebellion is the things that I mentioned. Okay, so the consequences of dwelling in God's presence as a son are the things that will be added. That's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom, seek first the kingdom, and every other thing shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands this morning and say, thank you, Jesus. You have given me the privilege to be a son. God is calling you to deeper places. Deeper places. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Begin to pray. Say, God, I have not prophesied before. Oh God, I will begin to prophesy now. I have not spoken in tongues before. I will begin to speak in tongues now. I have not raised the dead before. I will begin to raise the dead. Hallelujah. I have not laid hand on the sick and they recover. I will begin to lay hands now. God is calling me to spiritual things. And in the name of Jesus, I will express my sonship. Not only dwelling in his presence, I will express spiritual power. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.